This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast. Today is March 9th, 2020. It's a Wednesday here in the CHGO offices. Today's show is presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. I'm Sean Anderson. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, the man with the mustache, Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. The show is on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox and CHGO is at CHGO underscore sports. Vinny, big week for you. You got a, a lot of articles coming out. You could check out Vinny's new article talking about how the White Sox can pick from the A's fire sale. We'll be talking about that on tomorrow's podcast along with some Carlos Rodon talk. But today we got to start off with our icebreaker and it's about homogenizing baseball. We got this chat in the Discord. Uh, just a bit ago, and it was from, I, I can't see that, Lawrence. What's the, the ad? JWAM821. This is from JWAM821, and it's about standardizing major league ballparks. And, you know, should we start doing that? Should we start making all 30 playing fields even? Or is that something that's good about the quirkiness of baseball? JRAM's going to hang up and listen. Oh, wait, it's a, it's a message. But, you know, <laughs> what, are we, what are our thoughts here on homogenizing baseball in their stadiums? Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, no, it's goofy and it's fun, right? I mean, you know, the Red Sox, they apparently had no idea what the heck they were doing back in 1912 when they built that uh, <laughs> built that ballpark because it is weird to see in person. It's weird to see on TV. I would imagine it's very weird to play in, but hey, it's goofy and it's fun and it makes for a lot of hits and homers that wouldn't be otherwise. It makes for a lot of diving catches into bullpens and whatever. <laughs> I think we could use a little bit more uh, wacky alignments uh, in terms of stadium uh, stadiums out there. Yeah, shout out Tory Hunter. Shout out to our guy Matt Ryan, former uh, no current Matty Falcons. <laughs> Matty Ice in the chat too. Oh my god, he wants to guy. keep baseball call, weird. Also, shout out to Anthony in the chat. I call him Matty Rice because he turns off when it heat is on. Oh, there you go. Wow. See how I did there. Wow. But yes, Boom. baseball <laughs> should be exclusively weird. Like, the playing field being different each time you go to a different place is unique. It's great. I would have a dome on Minnesota. That would be 100%. If I was the commissioner, I'd like, no, Minnesota, you can't have an outdoor stadium. It's too cold up here. It rains too much. The stadium you built, Target Field, it's not even that great. Put a dome on that some bitch. But otherwise, yes, every other team can have their druthers, whatever they want to do with their stadium, except for Cleveland, too. Sorry, I'm changing all the AL Central. <laughs> wow ballparks because they're not great are you fine with any of them kansas city is really great okay it's outstanding but it has no wacky alignment though i mean yeah, the, very generic yeah but i mean but you got the you got, you got the water spectacular Absolutely. the big ass scoreboard the hall of fame in left field which uh Luis robert yeah. tried to crush the other mm-hmm. day other year that is a very nice stadium the food and the the parking lot everything about kansas city the city is great. Well, and his guy, Matt Davidson, at three up to that it's Hall true. of Fame, It's true. His too. guy. He's not dead. I don't know why I'm pointing yeah, to really. this guy. No, Matt Davidson gets a sky <laughs> his point. His career 
Yeah. The only thing that I'll say about the, the wacky alignments, let's keep player safety in mind. We do not need mm. in-play foul poles or changes in terrain like they used to have uh, down in Houston. Right. Well, and yeah, thank God they got rid of Tails Hill. Thank God they got rid of the uh, bullpen alignment in Wrigley, too. Like, I mean, we don't need that. Uh, Tampa's a nightmare as well. That's the only one I'd change. Well, How about still, our- still the case in San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken? The, the bullpen's no, down the foul lines? I thought they lines? moved it to uh, center field. Did they move them? I, I, thought, I thought so. I could be wrong. National League. But got to go off that attention. one, I think. But for safety's exactly. sake, especially our team, let's raise those uh, fences up on the left field out of bounds side so Eloy can stay safe and not go into the netting anymore. The Eloy wall? Oh, yes. Just like <laughs> like seven feet tall. You need Don't a, jump. Yeah, we need an alarm out in left field. Whenever he starts you know, reaching the warning track, alarms start need to going off. Uh, I, I am uh, with you guys. I think that baseball, that's, that's the fun part about it. Um, I haven't been to all the parks that you guys have been. Uh, obviously, Vinny, you're traveling around the country to cover the sport. Herb, you're going on, on tours with uh, Brendan B-Mac and, and Chris Tannehill. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you go and visit these unique stadiums, I think it's just so – you can just be really – captivated by the stadium alone for nine innings just because there's so much to explore there's so much to do I think that's truly like the the place that baseball like needs is is unique stadiums different looks and all this stuff and it's like you look at the g-rate one of the more standardized baseball fields uh you know try to be as modern as possible built in 1991 well you know you see the next Ballpark that's built is Camden Yards. They go back to the old jewel uh, ballpark style like Fenway, like Wrigley Park, building it in the same uh, constructs of one block. And you see now Camden Yards is like a, a top ballpark. So it's just like, even with the White Sox, you know, I, I wish they had some quirkiness. Like Comiskey was quirky. Uh, the idea for the Armor Square Park, that's a very quirky idea. Uh, making sure that, you know, some of the... Uh, you know, alignments of the Chicago blocks are put into the stadium. Like, that's what used to make it weird was they used to just try to build them in one block. That's how you get, like, a weird Ebbets field, a weird Forbes field. Uh, what's the other one that had, like, 450 down, down the middle? Polo grounds. Polo grounds, yeah. I mean, like, that, that's how you get the weirdness of baseball, and that's how it was started because that's the only place you could build a, a ballpark was just you, you bought a block and you built it there. So yeah, It was, like, 220 down the line, like, 480 straight center. <laughs> Dead center. Oh, playing, playing in those old stadiums when you unlocked them in MVP baseball, 2005 yeah. it was always oh, yes. a treat and thank you for going to MV, mvp 05 and not you know mentioning mlb the show but shout out to book shambi and uh, chris singleton the new uh the new announcers for mlb the show 2022 but you could play as uh garrett crochet in mlb the show 2022 we're talking about what to do with garrett crochet as the chicago white Sox. we're all for keeping baseball weird matt matt ryan in the chat maddie ice is is, is for it as well also hello anthony I saw your chat yeah. there. Hello, Anthony. What's up, Matt from Oak Lawn? I know he's a, he's a loyal Lockdown Sox fan. What's up, Cheesy Sox? Uh, they said uh, MVP 05 is a classic. It's the GOAT. I'd, I'd have to agree there. Uh, but let's talk about Garrett Crochet. He wasn't an MVP baseball 05. Uh, but, you know, the 2022 first-round pick drafted 11 overall by the White Sox out of Tennessee. There was talks when he was first drafted that he could become a starter. With the 2020 season, though, there was no minor league uh, you know, system for him to report to. He did end up going to Schaumburg uh, to, to you know, work out with the minor leaguers that they had down there. And then you know, he gets a September call-up in 2020 to the bullpen, and he's been there ever since. So we're kind of figuring out, you know, in 2022, whenever the season starts, what are, they going, what are they going to do with Garrett Crochet? What's the plan? Is he still a starter in their minds? Vinny, obviously last year we saw the first full season from Crochet. What's your vibe after the season talking to Rick Hahn, the front office, Garrett Crochet? What's the vibe on him being a starter? Is that still in their plans? Well, the last time we got to talk to Rick Hahn was way back in November and or, mm-hmm. or, or you know right before the lockout started. The last time we talked to him, we asked him about this, and, and I think at the time they didn't know. They didn't know, I should say, they didn't know what he was going to be in 2022. I think I think the White Sox think that Garrett Crochet is going to be a starting pitcher one day. You don't you don't draft a guy that highly with the hopes that he becomes a great middle reliever. You know <laughs> what I mean? You draft him because he has the ability and the talent to be a, a very good starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. I mean, we saw on draft night he was already getting comp to Chris Sale, right. and I mean, obviously that would be stellar. But uh, if that were to be the outcome, but. I definitely think he's going to be a starting pitcher one day. The bigger question, the more interesting topic, is what is he going to be in 2022? 
I'm sure that after many months during this lockout, the White Sox have now figured that out. <laughs> uh, you know, even when they had the had the answer uh, back in uh, November, and I think we have that quote from Rick too that 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 when he talked to us at the uh, at the GM. Hey, you meetings. want it? I'll give it to you. We got it. Lawrence is working on it. There it is, right there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, and and I think this is a very good kind of rundown of what that situation was for for those who uh, are are listening to this in the future. I can read it for you. Uh, I don't have a great answer to that just yet. He had a very good year in 2021, which does make you hesitant to move him out of something that's working because he is valuable in that role. That said, we still very much believe in his potential to be an impactful starter too. That's just something we want to find a way to possibly bring out of him. What I don't have a good answer on yet is exactly how we're going to balance that on the 22 club. Uh, and there's more. We were able to find a way to use Michael Kopech in the bullpen, but still get him the occasional start, get him stretched out some, and put him in a decent position entering this season to be in the rotation. So it's possible that that's what we do with Garrett next year. That's one option. We haven't just yet arrived on how best to balance the success he had in the bullpen role he performed with what we think very well might be a successful future as a starter. So obviously there, Rick, running through it very, you know, comprehensively like he always does but yeah it's 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 yet to be seen or it was the last time we talked to him whether Garrett Crochet would end up continuing in that bullpen role or be worked into being a starting pitcher starting this year fantastic job on the read by the way that's a long quote that's a that's a chunk of, of comment there, but a nice job through the read there. Uh, I mean, Herb, I, I agree with Rick Hahn here. I mean, it's, it's a difficult position because you look at the amount of lefties in the bullpen for the White Sox right now. It's Garrett Crochet and it's Aaron Bummer. That's it. You mm-hmm. also have Dallas Keuchel on the team, but there's no really you know left-handed prospects that are coming up. Bennett Souza is the only name that could be up, but I mean, he's not really there just yet. So it is a tough situation, especially with the way to balance out the team, like Rick said, with the lack of amount of lefties that they have on the roster. Yeah, and I would love for Garrett Crochet to be a starter eventually and do, as Rick would say, prior along with uh, Michael Kopech, like Michael Pe- Kopech did in 2021. Hey, here's a couple starts. Here's a couple more relief appearances. But White Sox are more of a, a championship run this year, I believe, than they were last year. Don't get me wrong. I think they believe they were on championship run last year too, but to experiment or to stretch out Garrett Crochet during the season in 22, especially when you have all these guys out there who are supposed to give you innings in Dallas, Dallas Keiko in the top three, we've already talked about with Michael Kopech. You can give uh, Garrett Crochet maybe one start every, you know, five times through the rotation just to give him a couple more innings. But right now going through his uh, pitching, he's only got three pitches. It's got the fastball, it's got the slider, and occasional changeup. Right. So for a pitcher, I say three is the very minimum, and he barely used his changeup uh, last year. So if he can develop a third pitch and like rely on it and use it a little bit more, yeah, maybe he can be a star in the future. But I say he's such an elite reliever right now. I would go on that track. It's it's funny that you bring up the changeup too, because I go back to when they drafted him, Mike Shirley, who is uh, the Farm director? Head of, yeah, the head of scout. Head, head of, of scouting. amateur scouting. Was Thank he you. draft uh, one of the draft Knicks back then? Like he was the head of a... Uh, He's been in the organization for a while, yeah. Right, and yeah. recently promoted after uh, Nick Hotstetler was demoted or just moved to promoted. a different position. Moved to a different promoted. spot in the, uh, uh, so, in the yeah. front office, yeah. And Mike Shirley took over. And this is what he said about what the future was when they drafted him. This was on draft night about his ceiling. And he said, if he pitches the ninth inning, how about that for a good floor? Um, and he talks about how it, he needs a three-pitch weaponry to become a starter. And right now, he's not at that. You look at his pitch percentage, he stopped using his changeup after July. It went from 10% usage in July down to 4.5%. And then September, he was strictly, uh, you know, fastball slider, 1.4% for that changeup. So, you know, you see good results from him. You see good results off the fastball, off the slider. But him trying to develop that starter repetition or repertoire I don't really see it coming along, and the volume just isn't there for him to even, I think, even make a five-inning start. Like, how, how long can he realistically go in one game? It might be three innings. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of folks, and, and even Rick, you know, in, in, in that same conversation, want to compare him to Michael Kopech because mm-hmm. that's what the White Sox did with Michael Kopech last year. Use him as a bullpen pitcher and a spot starter in order to get him ready to work as a starting pitcher in 2022. But... Garrett Crochet doesn't have the kind of minor league experience that Michael Kopech did. Michael Kopech was pitching in professional baseball for years before he got to that point. And the, the, the injury and the time off is what necessitated that approach from the White Sox. 
I don't think you can do that with Garrett Crochet and have him ready to be a starting pitcher in 2023 and your mm-hmm. big on your big league team. So I think two things need two things need to happen basically. One, they need to keep him in the bullpen for 2022 because he's too valuable there to their World Series hopes. Right. And at one point, you're going to have to send him to the minors to get ready to be a starting pitcher. And that's a very weird thing because he's had a very weird career so far where he went from pitching as what was basically a sophomore in college because I think he had one start during his junior year. So basically pitching from as a sophomore in college in the SEC – to pitching in the major leagues in a, in a in a pennant race basically right, the same year. and and then and then they kept him in the major leagues you, you don't see that very often and for him to be able to become a starting pitcher he's going to have to learn how to become a starting pitcher and i don't think he can do that at the major league level maybe the white Sox find a way where he can and and they can and they can figure it out you know to borrow Rick's term on how they're going to keep using Kopech creative maybe they can use a creative <laughs> way to do that with Garrett Crochet over the next couple of years but you got to remember Garrett Crochet was not just picked to be a reliever on one World Series contending team right. he was picked to be a starting pitcher on multiple World Series contending teams years down the road and it's just like when's that going to happen Herb it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen soon when he's going to join the rotation. I mean, what, 2025 in my mind? Like, I think he's going to at least need this year in the the pen. Maybe 2023 we start seeing him in, in the minors. But, like, I don't know when you can actually start using him in that Kopech role because with Kopech, like, he had two seasons of plus 120 innings pitched in the minor leagues. Like, Garrett Crochet, and they're zero. Still, and they're still worried about his workload. Yes, he might not yeah. even get to 150 right. innings this year, which would be, like, you know, what the baseline for a, a, a typical starter. Mm-hmm. Crochet has zero innings in the minor leagues. Very, I think, under... 30 starts in his college career, like, I just don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, we see this all the time, especially new baseball, where pitchers are taken out after the third time going through the lineup. Imagine Garrett Crochet. His whole career has been pretty much three, four, five hitters. That's it. Not the three, four, and five in the lineup, but only three or four or five hitters he's facing per game. That mindset of, okay, I got those guys out, man. That inning was great. My guys are up hitting. Now I got to go back out there. That is a thing. That's a mental toll on your body, your mind, your soul, everything. So I would want him, if he wants to be a starter, and this is what the White Sox should be asking him, hey, do you not, uh, necessarily want to be a starter in the major leagues or do you want to be in the major leagues? Because that's the choice. Because if you want to be a starter, we got to do like Vinny says, you got to go down to the minors mm. and we got to refine what your pitching is. Like you have to find that change up and start using it much more than 10% of the time because they're going to sit on your fastball and your slider. There's a nice difference between their fastball and slider. I think it's 96 tops out on fastball, about 85, 86 on a slider or change. So there's enough mix there where you can fool batters, but you can't do that as a starter. After the second or third time, they're going to be sitting on one pitch. Like, he's not getting this over? Cool, I'll sit on the fastball, and I'll crush. So that mental aspect of having to face a batter for the second time or the third time is a huge part of a starter's repertoire, and he should be getting used to that in the minors. Otherwise, that's why I say he's too good to be sent down to the minors. He's already tasted the major leagues, and if he feels like his best – uh, way to stay in the major leagues is being an elite closer or elite uh, reliever. I think you just keep him there, and yeah, you lose a little money in the free agent market when he uh, when he is free. But you're a major league baseball player, right? That's what do you, what do you value? Well, you, you'll be a, a contributor to a, a championship caliber team, or you're going to try to make yourself a major league baseball player or a major league baseball starter in the minors. And I think that's why the discussion of extending him, especially when we brought that up yesterday, is such a, an interesting idea because, you know, we see Aaron Bummer get extended five years, $16 million. I mean, if you're able to get a starter for $4 million, I mean, that's that's cheap. And if he's going to be a starter in the next five years, like maybe that extension talk needs to be happening. But right now the change-up development isn't happening. The velocity's down, which we have a quote on uh, for, from Garrett Crochet about why his velocity was down from 2020 uh, to 2021. He said, I say that's something that's come along with adjusting to big league hitters before I was throwing it as hard as I could in a general direction. And then I felt like I was needed to hone in and just be more of a pitcher than a thrower. 
the main thing, I do feel a lot like a pitcher now. I feel very good about what I'm doing out there. If it comes, if 100 comes back, it comes back. I'm just trying to make it through 162 games with this being my first full season, getting in the weight room, feeling stronger every day. And as long as the arm's feeling good, then I'm okay with whatever the velo board says. And, you know, he was down to around 96, which is still an effective fastball. The results were still there. And he made it through the season. Like, there was a couple hiccups, I think, health-wise. But for, you know, for the large majority, 60 innings is, I think, a fair workload for him in 2021. Like, that was a, I was fine with his output in 2021. It was really great. I think I was at a game live where he gave up four runs. And if you just look at the box score, you're like, man, four earned on four batters you faced? It wasn't that simple. He was just giving up bleeders to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And they eventually scored four runs. One was, I thought, was supposed to be unearned. But they were just bleeders. They weren't uh, squaring Garrett Crochet up. I don't remember a hitter last year. Maybe I'm uh, missing this, Vinny. You were uh, more covering the games every day. I don't remember a hitter squaring Garrett Crochet up and saying, hey, man, this is 97 or 96 is easy. I'm eating off of this guy. He's a tough at bat. I remember the Cincinnati uh, Reds when he first made that debut. He was striking out Reds left and right at the end of the season, and it was great to see. Well, Vinny, we talked about, like, Liam Hendricks being so dominant last year. He gave up 11 home runs. Crochet only gave up two, to, to Herb's point. Only two home runs last year from the lefty. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I think Tony La Russa called on, called on him an awful lot, and uh, he proved by season's end that he was one of the reliable guys that Tony could call on. And I think right now, as currently constructed, that bullpen can't afford to be without him. Not just because he's a lefty and there's so few lefties out there, but just look at the names that have, that have disappeared. Look what they've you know backfilled with it so far. Kendall Graven was a fantastic signing, mm. but you've got you've got three guys out, out on the back end right now, and you've got Reynaldo Lopez. If mm. if Crochet is not a part of that, you got to have some middle relievers, and and Crochet has proven he's a good one, a reliable one, good enough to even be part of the back end mix somehow. Yeah. And you know, I, I I don't think that that bullpen is strong enough without him to say, all right, we're going to spend the year putting him in the minors and seeing what he can be. Well, and that's the thing too with the lockout. I think you know really hurt him because if he was not on the 40-man roster, which obviously they needed him in 2021 and 2020, it's not really that big of a discussion point, but if he was able to be in minor league camps right now, he would be able to be working with Ethan Katz on building up that strength, on building up to be a starter. If he was able to do that when the, when uh, minor league camp uh, starts and when the season starts, he could be down in AA Birmingham or, or AAA Charlotte, you know, working as a starter or at least working on that volume. It just, it, it sucks with the, the lockout because I feel like he's most affected uh, by this lockout, not being able to work with Ethan Katz and, and this pitching staff. Perhaps, perhaps. It, it, it depends on whether they think they can they can turn him into a starter while keeping him as a part of that big league bullpen. Because I think what you spoke to, if they didn't need him, in, if they didn't think they needed him in 2020, if they didn't need him in, in 2021, he, we would be talking about him as no more than like the guy who takes Dallas Keuchel's spot in the rotation whenever Dallas's contract is up, right? I mean, right. R- regardless of, of Dallas's performance, I'm just saying when that contract were to end, that's what we would be talking about Garrett Crochet as. Instead, we're talking about him as a guy who can be a big-time contributor for a World Series caliber team in 2022, which we might not have been otherwise. And right. I think at his best, if the White Sox plan this out, it going to be very hard to do like I would tandem him with Michael Kopech we talked about Michael Kopech won't go 150 innings possibly so if you can work it out that way where you have Michael Kopech and Dallas Keuchel at the end of the rotation and you know Michael goes five and then you go to Garrett Crochet that would be awesome then you can give him two innings stretch him out a little bit longer maybe three innings to get to a next guy get to Liam Hendricks or something like that that would be the perfect situation you can both serve 2022 and serve the future for Garrett Crochet but it won't work out like that because one of these games Lance Lynn will get hit hurt hard and he'll be out in the fourth inning and then you need Garrett Crochet or Raylo to come and get those innings so yeah I think serving both masters will be very hard but if they can do that at the beginning of the year okay Kopech you're pitching this game if you get through five we're going to Garrett Crochet that'll be perfect Right, and with Crochet last year, one uh, outing where he had three innings pitched, that was in April 25th against uh, Texas. He had six total where he went uh, two innings or more, uh, and there, there was a couple where he went one and two-thirds, but you know, for, a most, for the majority of the year, he was going uh, an inning or under. He, he was uh, in 20 games, he went an inning or under. So that was the, the large uh, part of his usage last year. You're listening to the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life, and that is the 
best way to support CHGO and what we're doing here. It's to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you really like the White Sox brawler you see right there, that logo, you could sign up. With PointsBet, make a $50 or more deposit. You can get the CHGO membership when you use code CHGO and get that logo on a shirt. It's pretty sick. I, got, I, can't, you know, I can't lie. And also, for the first time ever on PointsBet, you can do live NBA same-game parlays. You can buy your favorite bets anytime during the game. So if you're watching the Bulls and Pistons tonight, you can use PointsBet and bet during the game and make it a little bit more exciting for you. And the best part, too, online sign-up is now available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app and register your account from start to finish all from your phone in less than seconds. Again, use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And again, this is CHGO. And Vinny, I want to talk to you a little bit about your your article. Uh, what, what should people go check out at allchgo.com? What'd you write about? What's up on the site? And what can Sox fans be entertained if they want some written content on allchgo.com. Yeah, up yesterday, I mean, I took a look at the Oakland A's. I think uh, that's a team that everybody's expecting uh, is going to go into fire sale mode here on the other side of the lockout, whenever that might be. Uh, and the White Sox, who obviously still have a number of items left on their off-season to-do list, uh, might be able to uh, check one of those items off with uh, somebody from the Oakland A's. So uh, go player. I went player by player, kind of look at the top trade candidates out there and seeing uh, who might be a fit for the Sox. There's a lot of names, a lot of interesting content, and a lot of interesting conversations that I think could be had just from that article alone. So go to allchgo.com. Read Vinny's great work. That's your homework. Come tomorrow because we'll be talking about Vinny's great work. He's got a a Rodon article in the works that we'll talk about tomorrow. We'll talk about that A's article as well. So go check that out at allchgo.com. And there you can see the dope merch for all our teams. Uh, You can become a member there at allchgo.com. And when you become a member, you could join the CHGO Lounge. That's our Discord where all of our CHGO personalities are in. And we're talking to you. And that's where we pulled our icebreaker question, too, uh, from earlier in the show. But let's move on to the next talk. Did you guys stay up last night to follow this MLB lockout news, or did you go to bed at a reasonable, reasonable I went to time? Bed. Went oh. to bed, yeah. <laughs> did you see any of it, or did you wake up to I mean, it? I saw it when I woke up. Yeah. Okay. It was the same nonsense as usual. I was like, okay, they're not going to get a deal done before I go to sleep. And when I wake up, no deal's going to be done e- either. So no reason for me to stay up and see the same stuff all over and over again. Yeah, and so far, no actual news, but there's been some progress. And the biggest progress that we're hearing right now is that the MLB, or sorry, I said the MLB, MLB is willing to let the players get rid of the qualifying offer. So if a player you know, wants to sign with a different team, uh, you know, a team can't make a qualifying offer and still get a draft pick. This is going to allow teams to truly pay players on their actual value, and it will create a fair value in the free agent market, which is great, but the owners want to combat that with an international draft. Mm-hmm. The international draft might not be starting until 2024, with, which were the reports from Bob Nightingale, but it's a big topic, especially for the White Sox, because this team is put together through international signings. One of their best pieces is someone you know that people might not know about. It's uh, 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 Marco Patti in, in the front office. If you have any international players that you love on the Chicago White Sox, Marco Patti uh, had some you know uh, hand in, in bringing him to the White Sox. So what does this news, the idea of an international draft, mean for the Chicago White Sox? We'll start with Vinny. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is would just be this to distill it down maybe uh, as easily as you can. Go ahead and rank all the prospects in each in each international signing class and see how many of them are in the top. The ones that the White Sox ended up with are in the top 30. And the idea would be if there's an international draft and there's 30 teams picking, you can only get one of those guys. And so uh, I, I, I look back to last year when uh, Yoelki Cespedes and uh, Norhe Vera were signed by the White Sox. You're talking about two very highly thought of international prospects. If that was a draft, even if they lucked in to, to the number one pick, they're only getting one of those guys. Um, and, and you're talking about two guys who are now, you know, two of the highest, most impact prospects that they have in the system. Uh, they have had great success on the international signing front, be it Jose Abreu, 
be it Luis Robert, um, or be it, you know, the guys that are currently in the minor leagues. I mentioned Cespedes and Vera, but what about the guys they just signed in, in Oscar Colas and, 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 and others? So uh, you're talking about a sizable chunk of the major league roster. You're talking about a sizable chunk of the minor league system made up of guys who have been acquired through international signings. If they shake that up, surely the White Sox will still try to do the same great work that they've been doing under Marco Patti, but you have to then uh, adhere to the rules of a draft, which makes things much different. Absolutely. And her, uh, Jackie's mentioning we're flagging this for Bob Nightingale content. Thankfully, we have <laughs> other reports saying that the international draft <laughs> is something that the MLB wants. Uh, Alden Gonzalez uh, says that the start date would be for 2024, uh, 5% higher bonuses for each slot, starting at $5.5 million for the first overall pick. And, you know, you look at Oscar Colas, who they just signed, it's around $2.7 million. And I think that um, even uh, Vera, or I think it was... Uh, um, I'm blanking on Cespedes. the name now. Cespedes was around 2.7. Um, so it would be an increase for some of these top players. Like Luis Robert might get more money right away, which is good for him. But again, for the Sox, it's not a free market anymore. You have to be beholden to the order. And, and likely that would be through you know some sort of lottery, which the, the owners want, or at least reverse standings, which if the Sox are doing this and it's starting in 2024, they're well within their window and, and their competition window. So, I mean, is this a big blow for the Sox if the draft gets input? Huge, huge blow. I mean, I'm wearing a shirt right now that says Summer 54. It's Minoso and Ernie Banks. It was a beer made by our guy Jay Westbrook out there at Haymarket. So, Minoso, first Cuban player for the White Sox. Imagine, you're in Cuba watching that guy do well. Almost be a Hall of Famer, should be a Hall of Famer. And that ball keeps on rolling. Look at the White Sox roster right now. We have a Cuban at first base, Cuban behind the plate. I know those was signing. We have all these Cubans. Third base is a Cuban. We're talking about Colas. All these guys probably come, and Luis Robert, he said as much, coming to the White Sox because look at them. They have Cuban representation. They've always been friendly to the Cubans. They've always been home. And I imagine a bunch of games in Cuba are shown to the to the, the, the fans there and saying, man, I want to be a White Sox. And when it comes up to the international signing times, most people are like, yeah, that Cuban is going to go to the White Sox. That person, Colas, was like rumored for two years to come to the White Sox. He didn't sign last year for certain reasons and then sign this year. I think they have a nice lock on it because they've done their work. And like you were talking about with Marco Patti, after the whole international signing, the uh, international stuff they had with Dave Wilder, I thought they fell off the international map for a little bit, while, a little while. And when they signed Marco Patti from the Toronto Blue Jays, their international signings have just gone skyrocketing. That's what our team is built on. That's Mas Cubanos. We have a lot of uh, Latin flavor there, and that is what is what what's propelling the White Sox currently. So yes, having somebody else <laughs> be in there and. Taking a person that you otherwise would have had is going to be trouble for the White Sox. I don't mind uh, the White Sox being all Cubans. That'd be awesome. Because the, the ones I've seen, mercy. Pretty good. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah. what else? That, give, me, give me nine Luis Roberts, and, I'll, <laughs> and you can have every single other person. I'll bring this up, too. You, obviously, you look at the major league roster, and just in two guys, Abreu and Robert, you see right. the impact that this system has had on the White Sox chances of being a championship team. But – in addition to having a very good major league roster, as we know, the White Sox need to rebuild the, the minor league system. You know Definitely. what I mean? They're recently ranked as the, the the lowest minor league system in baseball, and that's because the major league roster has seen the fruits of the prog of, of the process. But you've also got to restock that because part of this rebuilding project for Rick Hahn has always been you know, success long into the future. Want to keep that championship contention going well past just this one year or these next couple of years. In order to do that, you're going to need to have prospects. And yes. while they're, you know, they've had they've had some recent picks that, that people can be excited about. Garrett Crochet, who we were talking about, is one of them. Uh, they are also redoing that restocking through that international market and, and the guys that we've just mentioned here. So if they're going to be able to... Um, continue to do that, continue to replenish uh, that farm system, 
having that avenue that they've had so much success at is obviously important. And if that goes away or is, you know, decreased in any fashion, it's going to be harder to do that. Well, and it starts to, it's seeming like it's spreading too. Like it really feels like Cuba and the White Sox, that that connection's growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, Jose Abreu being referred to as like, you know, I think Yasmani Grandal even said it when he first signed, like that's the reason why he came. And that's the reason why we want to win is for Jose Abreu. All of these guys seem to look up to Jose Abreu because of what he did uh, in, in Cuban baseball and just because of the player that he is, you know, being a Cuban uh, American League MVP award winner, like that's huge. Uh, also, like you see it now leading out from uh, James Vegan, who's out in Arizona. Uh, he talked to Luis Mias, I think. He's Miesis? a white Miesis. Uh, he's an outfield prospect for the White Sox. He's been working with Eloy Jimenez this entire uh, offseason. It's just like it really feels like these the, the Cuban brotherhood is is super strong with the White Sox, and them not being able to pick some of these younger, talented players could be a huge blow. I mean, like we, we, we might never even seen like Fernando Tatis in the, the prospect pipeline if this wasn't possible. So like maybe Potty, uh, Marco Potty is able to, you know, become this draft guru then with international draft, and he's able to find some some lower-tier guys, but – it is such a huge blow because I think international players, especially the Dominican Cuban players, want to come to the Sox and play with these. I the, mean, the great talent that they have. I couldn't imagine. I've only spoke English in my life. I couldn't imagine going to a different country and starting in the minor leagues, some Winston-Salem, somewhere mm-hmm. in North Carolina, not speaking the language, not knowing the people, and then thrown into a system where they don't necessarily know what you're going through. At least the White Sox have had experience with Dominican players, Cuban players, other players who don't speak the language to develop in, into what they are in the future. They could see Aloy, like you said, with this young player. Uh, Aloy is a young Dominican. He can say, okay, this is what we do here. This is what we do there. This is what we do there. You need help? I got you. You know, when I saw Luis Robert first come here and he was in the minors, every single time I saw him on Instagram, he was eating Domino's pizza. I was like, firstly, <laughs> somebody needs to get to that man. Come he, on. He's he's still doing that. Oh, come yeah. on, man. In Chicago. Sadly, he's still doing world that. Class Luis city. does it too, right? Yeah, Luis. No, I'm oh, saying I was saying okay. Luis. I yeah. Thought, I like, meant Eli. In a world class city, that's that's a that's a foul. But like that's probably what he loved. He's like, hey man, I understand Domino's. Domino's is a delicious food. And my body's still chiseled like he's not me if he keeps on eating dominoes Luis, you won't be me you don't want to be me come on now um but those things are probably really hard to adjust to not only succeeding at baseball but succeeding at the language succeeding at life in america and all those things and being african too you know of african descent not great too like in america like let's be real it's a different thing for a young black man to be in America coming from Cuba, where they see all, you know, a majority, a good majority of black people there with mixed with white people. I'm not trying to make this a race thing, but that's a big time thing if you're Aloy Jimenez or you're Luis Robert. You know, you got some people who look like you and say, okay, I can relate to you. You've been through my struggle. So your team, the White Sox, I want to be with that team because they understand what I've been through or what I'm going to go through. Well, and you hear Jose Abreu's story and like some of these guys like Oscar Colas, he needs to take a full year off of baseball to even make that transition from Cuba to the Americas. Like it's a tough transition, you know, for, I mean, Abreu had the the heroic story and, and a crazy story of just being on a boat when trying to, to make it across the sea. Did he eat to, his passport? Uh, I think so. Um, and then, I mean, Jose Fernandez had to sa- or save his mom when he was coming over, I believe. I, like, I mean, there's some true Terrible horror stories stuff, yeah. of, of making that journey. So then when you're able to, I think, relate to somebody who has that same uh, prospect, it just it, it makes the White Sox more of a, a destination for these players. Right. And I mean, listen, whoever they end up taking in the international draft, whenever that is instituted, yeah. will be able to reap those same benefits. Mm-hmm. From a, And we've been talking from a baseball standpoint, obviously, and, and maybe that's where it's going to have the most effect affect the, uh, the, the life stuff, the White Sox have laid that foundation. And so whoever come, comes along through that process will be able to take advantage of those things. Uh, you know, and, and, and certainly the White Sox, uh, you know, Rick Hahn, whenever he's asked about rule changes and, and how that will affect, he says, listen, you know, we'll adjust. And, and I'm sure they and every other team will do that. Um, but, yeah, it might cost them uh, some of the talent that they've had success in bringing in uh, recently. I think what we haven't talked about is the – 
the reverse, right? Which is the, the how this would affect the players themselves yeah, and mm-hmm. and the prospective players. And I think that's probably where where a lot of the discussions are being had behind the closed doors uh, with this. We saw a lengthy uh, thing that Jeff Passan tweeted earlier. You know, a conversation with David Ortiz about right. how it could affect people. So I think a lot. A lot of it has to do with that. But, yeah, when we localize it to the White Sox, obviously they've had such great success lately through the current system that to see that change would would have an impact. It also seems just very MLB-like to be like, oh, let's just institute an international draft immediately. Let's just, you know, know, force these players to, to change their life just for Major League Baseball's sake. Like, I don't, I don't know. It does seem rushed, and I'm glad that David Ortiz did say something because he said that they're not ready yet for this draft. So, thankfully, we've been able to see now that that story has come out, more and more reports are saying that that draft is going to be pushed to 2024 if it happens. So, the Sox might have two years uh, to, to take advantage of the, you know what they've been able to do, uh, their ability to dominate the international signings. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it does feel like the White Sox, especially how they like to operate, undercover, you know, very in the quiet. The international market just seems perfect for them. So it, it does feel, uh, you know, like, like a shot if, if the White Sox do lose this, but hopefully they're able to, uh, to, to, to bounce back. I also want to talk, before we get into famous White Sox fans, the MLB lockout, they're talking about the shift being banned. I just want to get your thoughts real quick. Are you pro or anti-shift? Because we've never talked about this. I'm, I'm pro banning the shift. Um... I know it's innovative and it helps uh, defenses out much more than it helps offenses, but I think this game for it to grow, offense needs to be on the front, on the front lines. And so, yes, and for us as the White Sox fans who are managed by Tony Larusa, ban that damn shift immediately. <laughs> Two guys on either side of second base, you can move after the pitch is thrown, but before that, no, absolutely not. It helps the White Sox tremendously because their manager doesn't adjust. I know Rick was like, well, we should do that. But, you know, when we do it, we're actually good. Right. But, you know, the manager on the field does not want to do shifts as much as Ricky Renteria did in 2020. So, yeah, I'm a anti-shift guy only because the White Sox don't employ it. If we were uh, doing a lot more, I would be a pro-shift guy. I like the shift, but I think I like hits more. Uh, I mean, I mean, right, because the whole point of this conversation is to increase the entertainment product or right, improve correct. the entertainment product. Uh, I like this shift because it seems like for a hundred years they played baseball and no one ever thought, why don't you just move that guy over there? <laughs> and then once they did, like it worked perfectly. Right. And so it's like, well, why haven't they been doing that forever? But yeah, I also like hits and runs. And so, yeah, I would like to see them figure out a way to, to increase that. And so uh, if this is the way to do it, it's the way to do it. Uh, I think I saw some great quotes on Twitter the other day that were from, from hitters, from all-star hitters that were like, listen, it's hard to, to to take the pitch that you're uh, get given from this best-in-the-world pitcher and send it through that giant hole in the left side of the infield. And and I believe them, you know what I mean? So I think that, uh, you know, if you're going to increase offense, increase action, which is what they want to do, yeah. go ahead and figure out a way to do that. I'd be fine if they just implemented the pitch clock and see how that affected action, uh, just because, like, it, it is a defensive strategy. I mean, that it, it is a part right. of baseball. Like, you know, if you're able to take advantage of it, I mean, that's how the Braves won the World Series last year. You see the changes that they made in June. They upped their shift uh, increase. They up their shift percentage by a ton, and their defense improved massively. They were already hitting, and they needed to do that with injuries. Uh, and you talk about the numbers. 2020, the White Sox were at like 29% shift uh, rate, and then uh, they, they started shifting about 20% with Tony, so they dipped down about 9%. But what Rick, Rick was talking about was like they were top 10 in converting the shift into outs, which my thought is like, well, then why don't you do it more? Um, it's like, we're really effective at throwing fastballs, but we're 95% sliders. Rick like, has it, no just, choice in that. Yeah, no, he has no choice in that, absolutely. He can, but it, he can voice his opinion, but Tony's the bench boss. Right, so well, maybe, maybe that's what And I'll say this, about. too. The flip side of what I was just talking about is think of all the great hitters that do exist in Major League Baseball. They are figuring out a way to make it so defenses can't defend them. And so there is that competition element of you're going to do that. I'm going to do this kind of thing. It's a, if, if they, if you want it to stay that game of adjustments, there's going to be a large percentage of hitters who can make a very good living and put up very good numbers, 
no matter where you put those defenders on the field. And it's exciting getting close to hopefully some news about the MLB lockout. Vinny doesn't want to talk about it because he doesn't want to get excited (laughs) about thinking about warm Arizona weather being in his future. So someone, let's get this action going. Whether we're getting an international draft in 2024, whether there's going to be a shift or no shift, I am sick of seeing tweets about the MLB lockout. So let's get going. Let's get Vinny in Arizona. It should be fun. Got to take a quick break, though, because... You know, part of CHGO is exactly what's up in that top corner. Points bet. Go to CHGO. If you want to help us out, you can download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a 50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointbet. Points bet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the Points Bet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in just seconds. So, what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet, live your bet life with Points Bet. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. All right, here we go. Um, somebody says I'm funny. I yeah, want to point oh yeah. that out. My guy, Matt from Oak Lawn. And, and he, he, he liked that I gave an Oak Lawn shout out. So uh, shout, out to, to, shout out to Smoke Lawn, uh, the, the greatest city in Illinois. That's um, all I want to point out. Just the positive comments coming oh yeah, my I mean, way. I'm, I'm fine with talking about Oak Lawn. <laughs> I, I, I love seeing Matt in, in the comments. He said he's going to be watching uh, some St. Lawrence baseball if uh, the lockout doesn't end. So, uh, you know, we'll go, go uh, Vikings. But let's the talk. Jay yeah, my, well, my dad's an alum, too. Uh, Jay, and, Jay and my dad has had some overlap, I think, in high school. But, uh, Herb, oh, you wanted to talk about so famous young. White Sox fans. Yeah, I forgot your dad. You're so young. Your dad's, like, my age. Yeah. How old uh, are you? I'm 43. Ooh. Yeah, I don't want to tell you my dad's <laughs> age. <laughs> Herb could be my dad, everybody. That's I what mean, we're learning out. I mean, it's kind of tough, but yes. <laughs> I, I could be his dad. I mean. Yeah, Lawrence could be my dad. I don't think I was doing things back then, but yeah. <laughs> You wanted to talk about famous White Sox fans, though. That, this was your topic. You want yeah. to talk about the most famous White Sox fan. And, you know, you default to President Obama. But I don't think he's a real fan. I think he's, you know, a fan. That's because, brutal. That's because he's shot. from the area. <laughs> like, you don't think President Obama's, like, tuning in on a Tuesday night, White Sox Royals. So uh, you're saying who's the, who's the most diehard fan? Like, like if you actually, like, it is a 162 games he's watching. He or she is watching 130 of them. Well, now, Herb, I, I take offense to that. You know, I, I loved Rock Reigns back in the day. Uh, about as far Dwayne as Weiss. <laughs> Weiss. Kaminsky Park. Come on, man. Like, these things are giveaways. He's not, he, he's not a fan. He's from the South Side. He's trying to gin up some, some, some local pride. Yeah, just like Jeff Gordon calling it Wrigley Stadium. Yeah. Or I think Chris Bryant even did that, too. Also, you earlier called it Wrigley Park. Yes, so. you did. did. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. I was going to say something. Yes, you did. I was like, they're going to drag you. Well, that, that deserves a dollar in the swear jar for our Cleveland, Washington football team there thing. Yeah, there's, there's, there the, there's the dollar. Slash long. I said Los Wrigley Angel. Park. Yeah, you did. I think you were just, you were naming off fields, yeah. and then you got onto yeah, park. Yeah. That's Fenway and Wrigley. Your, your right mouth there. was ahead of your brain. No, in that one, it always yeah. is. That's part of, part of me, too. And I think you could tell that with some of the ad reads. Like, I'm trying to read the next sentence before it even happens but the guy i think <laughs> is one of the biggest white Sox fans i think checks into games is mandy patinkin Ooh. oh, oh, oh yeah oh, boy. princess boy. bride you don't even oh. need to watch princess bride are you a, a no, homeland fan home no i'm not I a mean, seasons fan. one and two maybe but that show yeah. went off the rail <laughs> okay so i gotta i gotta watch season one and two of homeland and princess bride oh yeah. my god princess bride you should just watch because it's hilarious it's funny I didn't watch it until Wait, no, way what? after. It's on Disney Plus. You could check you it out pretty easily. You haven't seen Princess Bride? No, I know Andre the Giant's in it. Yeah, um, and I know the Wallace Shawn. The, the part where it's uh, I'm not left-handed. Um, I know that part. Um, I saw that clip before, but that's about it. That's all I know. Okay. Carrie Elwes. Inconceivable. Oh, that's the, uh, the that's Wallace Shawn. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah, I, I know those three. So yeah, I, I, was, I know somewhat. He was Bertram in uh, Family Guy, I believe. Who's Bertram? The it's a Stew- deep cut. No, Stewie's evil. Twin, I oh, think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. kind of know that. Yeah, right. Walshawn uh, voiced him. But yes, Mandy Patinkin. He travels around and sometimes stays at home with his uh, wife. Uh, uh, and But he did the announcement for, or the uh, video for the White Sox 2005 championship. He's, uh, I think, born and raised Southsider and eventually went to L.A. and New York to be a great actor. But Mandy Patinkin, and if it's not him, I'm going to go with John C. Riley, who you could see now on the L.A. Uh, Lakers time. Showtime um, movie. 
that's on uh, was it? It's on Winning HBO, time. which yeah. is weird. HBO it should Max. be on. Yeah. It should be on Showtime, right? It should be. It should be. But John C. Riley's a big time White Sox fan. I would say there are three answers to this question. Give me it. There's number one, and it's all based on who who you're asking. Okay. Worldwide, there's only one answer: Barack Obama. Yeah. But if you are disqualifying uh, the former president, if he's not a diehard, I understand. Then I think there's nationwide. Who's the most famous White Sox fan? It's got to be Chance the Rapper, right? Cheesy and Sox Cheesy agrees. Sox says that. Yeah. And then I would say in Chicago, because Chance the Rapper might only uh, be known to certain age groups, right? So once you hit a certain age group, maybe people don't know who Chance the Rapper is. <laughs> I would say then citywide, who's the most famous Chicago person who has, uh, who's a White Sox fan? Daily. Oh, yeah. Mayor Daly. about Mayor Daly. Uh, mayor. I guess. So I, there you go. Our, our, our was, new mayor is also a White also Sox fan. Also a White Sox fan, the current mayor. Um, well, famous. <laughs> famous, though. Yeah. Why don't you famous? <laughs> infamous. Yeah. I, I, so, I, hope you're, I hope you're watching, Lori. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin's from, uh, he went to South Shore. He's, he's a South Shore guy. Um, and then John C. Riley, I don't know about. I've, I've heard, because I'm a Brother Ice guy. He's a Brother Ice guy. Uh, he was class at 83. But I don't think he's a big sports guy like I think he's a, a White Sox fan but I don't know if he's like a diehard White Sox fan Mandy Patinkin is the, the one that you've thrown out that I think is like for sure if we were going to have a diehard White Sox celebrity fan on this podcast I think right now a leader in the clubhouse would be Mandy Patinkin my fiance is checking you- in Courtney she says that uh Steven Nelson from the MLB network his yeah. birthday was yesterday by the way hello Hello, Stephen Nelson. Yeah, Herb, I feel like like you might even be on this list. Yeah, no, if, no. If we're throwing Stephen Nelson in, I'm not I think even you're more of a house. famous White Sox fan than Stephen Nelson. Courtney doesn't, barely knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Jimbo, uh, our guy, our Croatian guy. He's uh, American, Jimbo but he has a great Mahovlich. name. Yes, we screwed it up, and I called oh, him Oh, Mr. Polish. T, that's a good one. Mr. T is yeah. one of them. There's a, a clip of— I thought of, he was a uh, Cubs fan. No, he's I, saying the stretch at Wrigley, but he grew oh, okay. up a Sox fan. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There's, I think there's he went a clip to I found. Yeah, there's a clip I found of him being in the booth for Bo Jackson throwing somebody out from left field in '93. That's Mr. T. Uh, George Lopez once wore a Sox uniform on an episode of the George Lopez Show. He did. Wow. Okay, then. And then George <laughs> went. Uh, he he's from Chicago. He's from the Beverly neighborhood too. So Southside represent. You know, f- most famous White Sox fan coming from the Southside. Just saying. I thought he was a famous Cubs fan. George went? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is from uh, NBC Sports Chicago when they had the five questions thing, and he said, I remember the night the uh, 59 Sox won the pennant. Air raid sirens went off throughout the city at Mayor Daly's order, so there you go to Mayor Daly. Well, that's uh, the that's original the Mayor Daly. Yeah, but yeah. both of them are. I mean, both, <laughs> Mayor one Daly, of them, it works for both of them. Right, but one of them is a Sox fan, and one of them was a Sox fan. I mean, yeah, kind one of, of the point I was oh, getting. Oh, okay. not with us. <laughs> so. And Jackie says, Craig Robinson, ugh. Do you know what my guy. Craig Robinson is great, but his Pizza Hut commercials and his yeah. game commercial. Oh my God. I know he's doing it for a check. Come on, man. Let, let Craig Come Robinson on, Craig Robinson. Bag. Stop. I just like Am, I, am I a pineapple guy now? <laughs> Gainiacate. Come on, man. You're embarrassing us. <laughs> wow. Embarrassing us, Craig wow. Robinson. And yes, he did the commercial with. So is this that you don't <laughs> like the qu- Is this something you don't like the quality of the commercial or that it is for Pizza Hut? No, Pizza Hut pans are delicious. Awesome. But I don't like You're that ripping guy. Luis Robert for eating Domino's all the time, and you're only, singing the praises of Pizza Hut over here? O- only Domino's pan. Do- pizza Hut is good universal. All their pizzas really? are delicious. Wow. Domino's Herb. is not. I don't know Domino's about only pan. As a Chicagoan, yeah. I would say anything yeah. that is uh, that a has a national all? commercial yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is, is banned I'm with from, you on from that your one. house. Yeah. Come on, Herb. If you're, if you're jumping on Luis Robert yeah. for getting fast, cheap pizza... <laughs> You need to be, I mean, in the same boat. But he lives here. So, so do you. you. You've <laughs> lived here your yeah, but 43 I, years, yeah, but I don't get Pizza Hut. You, you know how hard it is to get Pizza Hut to your house? It's like impossible. No, I, I hope you're not a sponsor. No, I don't try to get Pizza Hut to okay. my house. It's hard as hell to get Pizza Hut to your house. Like, I used to live by two Pizza Huts. Like, I lived in Humboldt Park, and there was a Pizza Hut on Ashland and Division, and there was a Pizza Hut on North and uh, Western. Neither one delivered to me. They're like, hey, we don't deliver to you. It's like, how the hell are you going to deliver to me? And so I haven't eaten Pizza Hut since. But but I lived sh- the year in really- San Diego, which sucked because their pizza is trash. You so I had to eat be. a lot of Papa John's Pizza Hut oh, and Domino's. This is, this is, eating this is an admission hut. you do not want to be making right now, Herb. What? Yeah. The Pizza Hut is great? Yeah. Pizza pan, pizza pan, if you need it in a pinch, you don't. awesome. You never need it. Yeah. You never we need it. You live in a place where you can get pizza. any pizza yes. in a pinch. Yes. You if it's, you can get good pizza in under If an all hour. those places are closed or you're in some other city. What time are you, what time are you ordering pizza? <laughs> like 3 a.m.? You see me? Even then, those pizza huts are closed. Anytime. 
Oh, That's just, what they should call me. Uh, come on. Order at 7. We'll be there at 8. Uh, Jimbo says most Pizza Hut's uh, joints sell SR2022 SR insurance. Now. You guys help me out on that one. That's a that's an old person it's, reference. He's saying uh, that the restaurants have now turned into insurance. insurance. Right. Oh, for dri- oh, for delivery. Yeah, so drivers. So you, they have closed yeah. is what he's saying. Yes. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, going back to George Went though, uh, he said he said he remembered the, the, the night the 59th uh, Sox won the pennants. Air raid sirens went off at, at Mayor Daly's orders, and it caused quite a scare for Cubs fans. Uh, Sox knew that the Russians weren't attacking. Uh, so I think that knowing that the Russians weren't attacking in 1959 means he's a Sox fan. So George went also in the conversation. Okay. I think the, 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 the takeaway that I'm getting here, and I, I don't think this is White Sox specific. I think this is uh, maybe baseball wide, maybe even sports wide at this point. Mm-hmm. Are there are a lot of young celebrities who are diehard sports fans. I mean, even when you say like a, a huge famous team, like the Lakers, yeah, you think of Jack Nicholson, like he's like 80 something years old. Right. I mean, like, mm. you know, Spike Lee. Spike Lee with the Knicks, but he's Billy Crystal old. with the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, like these are, these is, is being a noted famous sports fan, an old, an old man or woman's game at this point. Well, for baseball, we, it just goes along with the demographic. Right. But know? even, even when you step out of baseball, I mean, if you don't like Mike Trout is a huge Eagles fan, but he's also in sports. Like you see him at Eagles games all the time. But yeah, it's more of an older person's thing to clam on. Like who's to the a, most famous Bears fan? Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, but he's is that is he still a thing? Oh, he's a diehard fan. No, 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 no I'm not Adam questioning like his fandom. I'm saying culture. in terms of being yeah. a famous person right now. Oh, but it's George. Like he was on that show culture? like 20 years ago. Yeah, right? but he's got a a lot of money. He's a venture capitalist. He's and him and uh, Mila just did that commercial for the Super Bowl. And and they, of course, don't bathe their children. That's the oh, other thing. Yeah, oh, they don't? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would know I that off the that. top of my head. No, Why don't that, they bathe their that's children? The only, that's what, like, the, that's most, the, the most recent thing I heard about those two is that they don't bathe their kids. Hmm. So yeah. And by the way, that's the voice the of bears. Lawrence, our producer. Yes, shout out to Lawrence. Uh, He's LB. got a great name. He spells it correctly, too. Damn right. Unlike, what, Lawrence Holmes? Lawrence Holmes spells it with Was that a part of contention right there? I mean, we always said that. So if we if we so we're ruling out Barack Obama, uh, I don't th- I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. I, to, I, don't I mean, think that's, that's just my. Opinion. I don't think that's fair to forty four. That's just my opinion. You guys could say. I mean, I think if you we just haven't brought have, up John Cusack yet, ugh. should we? Do we need to have Cusack in? I mean, I know people are calling him out in, outside of games that he's showing up to. See, this is uh, the thing. I was talking. God forbid someone want to do something with their their night. I was talking to you. You know, you're youthful. You're twenty four now. Yeah. Your age group doesn't care about Cubs socks or you have to stick to this team as much as we did. We grew up, it's like, you're either a Cub or a Sox fan. And so that was my whole mindset throughout the John Cusack coming up to the 2005 World Series team, showing up there, and then being seen at Cubs games. Now I don't care. That man wants to enjoy his Saturday. Let that man enjoy his Saturday. And if he puts on a White Sox cap, smooth. Go ahead and do it. He's very famous. I mean, have you seen any of his movies? Yeah, I've seen Say Anything. Um, That's a good one. You're done? High Fidelity. I, I have not Park. seen High Fidelity. I mean, the we're, best one so, is where he's Brian Wilson. We're, That's fairly new. We're literally talking about Craig That's Robinson. Hot Tub well, Time Machine? I know I haven't seen I haven't seen Hot Tub Time Machine. Also, Craig Robinson, shout out to Saint Xavier. He got his master's in education. A comedian got his master's in education from my other alma mater. Uh, and yes, the beard is real, Jimbo. I saw Vinny laughing at that one. It's real. I've been comment. growing it since I was sixteen. Uh, I'm twenty four. Oh, I mean, it's it's not twelve. Oh, you growing can it since that. I was sixteen, the the, the great follow up to yeah. that would have been oh, so last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said I was twenty four though. Uh, Matt would rather have it jo- be Joan Cusack. I don't think she's a big sports fan though. I, and the one person we haven't mentioned too, Southsider Jenny McCarthy. Uh, she once said in, a, in an article, "My favorite sports teams are the Bears and White Sox." I'm Southside, so got to represent. Uh, she's a mother Macaulay alum uh, on the Southside. But I, I think if we have to, I think Mandy Patinkin is the only one so far. But I, I don't really care about the the celebrity thing. It's a chance is kind of there, but I mean, it just seems like all these people are too busy to you know sit down for a Sox game. I think if they're better, like maybe 2022, we'll start seeing more and more people watch and tweet out about them. I think Field of Dreams was a nice uh, a bump for them, but overall, it just seems like a tough sport for people to even come to. It's like 80, 81 games at home where you know Jack Nicholson just has to commit to forty Laker games or something like that. Is he like I haven't seen him in. A long time. Is he still going to Lakers? I'm pretty games? sure I see Diane Cannon sitting down by the Lakers bench. Yeah, but I haven't seen Jack there. Yeah, Mary Hart's at Dodgers games all the time. Ugh, yeah, 
Yeah, know, Mary Hart. He knows yeah. none of these Diane people. Diane Cannon. Who? Who? I feel like. I mean, can we talk like old sports people? Like, I feel like all these pop culture. Well, like that's the thing. Isn't the most famous White Sox fan Frank Thomas? You know what I mean? Like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is Michael Jordan a White Sox fan? I would say so. Okay. I think that he probably, sure. if he, if he had a, you know, Jerry's his buddy. Yeah. Right. right. I would think so. Yeah. I think so. And she'll like it too. Nothing. Oh, Movie Frank Thomas, Frank Eugenics. Thomas. Okay, yeah. I got yeah. you. <laughs> that commercial is also weird. Uh, Matt Ryan's asking me, what have I seen? Uh, Vinny, can you throw out a movie? Vin- Herb, can you throw out a movie? And just we'll just see. We'll Back do to this the before we end it. I've seen Back to the Future. Wait, does I've it have to, to be old? Two. I haven't seen three. Uh, yeah, old-ish. Oh, okay. If you've seen two, you've Star seen Wars. Yes, I've seen okay. all, all nine of them. I've there never seen any of the Star Wars. Oh, well, so there you go. We can criticize you for that. Oh, and right. Here, there's the one Joe Coolman, yeah. You I've seen Spaceballs, so I've seen Star Wars. <laughs> I'm out. You can read this one, The though. Schwartz and Joe, be with you. Joe Coolman, 24, uh, mentioning your buddy, Sean Evans, who used to play softball with. Oh, yes. Uh, from Hot Ones. Yes, Sean Evans from Hot Ones. Awesome. Okay, so Mandy And we're going to try to get him in studio here. Mandy Patinkin, Mayor Daly, and Sean Evans are our three famous White Sox fans. Chance the Rapper doesn't count? Yeah. We're not counting him? Yeah. And Lori Lightfoot. And Lori Lightfoot. Those are your top five. Mm. I, mm. I want to go to the other team. How about Kane, <laughs> Kane guy? Remember, you know, Kane guy from last October. Yeah, Kane guy was popular. He showed up but the next not, day. And he's not famous. That's like Herb. Killed. He's competing with Herb. We Kane guy's shot. with Herb. No, he, I don't have a bobblehead. Kane <laughs> guy's no, got a don't. bobblehead this year. I don't have a bobblehead. That guy's much more famous. Or the than guy I that that Jimmy Fallon impersonated with the uh, beer. Yeah, beer helmet. Yeah. That's a real White Sox fan. Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, I don't, you I don't can know tell that, that they were really out of content. That they dug that up two months later. <laughs> that they, t- you know, they, that they found this hey. like cheap White Sox hoodie. Now, Sean, let Fallon. me just say, you know, we're doing this podcast five days a week during a lockout. Let's not be ripping on other people's content ideas. <laughs> oh yeah, because if they don't That's come right. to a deal, there's going to be some some interesting topics coming up in a month from now. We're we're just going to be like the Cubs uh, podcast. We're going to be doing so many drafts. We're going to be from 2000 to now. We'll be doing you know just 1980. Three White Sox only. Uh, it should be a blast if uh, this lockout continues. Hopefully not. Hopefully tomorrow we'll have some news for you. But if not, we're talking about Carlos Rodon and the White Sox. Vinny will have an article up later today about that. We'll also be talking about Vinny's most recent article, the A's fire sale and how the White Sox can pick from that. And a lot more fun here on the CHGO White Sox podcast presented to you by PointsBet. Again, use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. We were pointing at one more thing. You want- Jimbo's... Making a quote. Do you know where that quotes from? That Let's Jimbo see. saying, "Life well, comes at you fast." Oh, well, no. uh, that's well, not for what that says. It doesn't say that at all. <laughs> I do know life comes <laughs> at you fast. I was I thought, thought glasses. It. <laughs> I was say I thought it said over there, but they switched over there. I saw it. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. oh, Lord's yeah. coming for foals. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm blind, uh, guys. Sorry. It's all good. Like I, I was like, I, did I put up the wrong one? No. Nope. See, the thing is, like on the side, I see little num little letters, and then when Lawrence puts it underneath us, it becomes clear. Ferris Bueller is, is the, the movie. Have you seen that movie? Yes, I have seen Ferris Bueller. Probably my favorite Chicago movie. It, Blues it, Brothers, hands down. I haven't seen Blues Brothers. Dude, Pop- you haven't seen Blues, Blues Brothers. We got to wrap up you the CHGO up. White Sox podcast with me not seeing Blues Brothers again. This that is movie presented was made like 30 years before you were born. Absolutely. I should get more slack. <laughs> nope. No. CHGO White Sox podcast is presented to you by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. For Vinny Duber... And Herb Lawrence, I'm Sean Anderson. We will talk to you tomorrow here from the CHGO White Sox Studios.